welcome to episode 86 of Friends of Film, a podcast of SAP News and Theatrical Releases. On this episode, we'll cover Han Solo changes, a Joker origin story, a third Harley Quinn film, and more after we give our most anticipated for the rest of 2017. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes by searching Friends of Film. As always, I'm your host, Gruber Hood, once again joined by a man who's highly anticipating a number of films this fall, Josh Straley. So many, I couldn't even, like, I thought we should have changed this to, like, 20 most, Cooper. Uh, and I probably would have struggled with that too. Yeah, there, there's a lot, and we also are joined by another man who's ready for the fall season to begin. Colton Leakey. Hey, <laughs> what's up, man? You're back once again. I am ready to talk about some fall oh, movies. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. So if you guys listen to our, uh, what do we do recently with Colton? Uh, our the, best of 2017 so far yes, list. Yes. Uh, we'll be doing the same format where we'll give. Our 10 through 7s, then our 6 through 4s, and then each give our top three individually. It'll go me, Josh, then Colton around the table. And then at the end, we will try to make a consensus list of the top 10 films that we are all anticipating the most. You know, this one may be a little more tricky because there's a lot more options out there. And this is all strictly based on stuff we've not seen. So, you know, what qualifies to be your most anticipated, we don't know. But we'll kick off with some honorable mentions. Um, I'll throw out a couple here. Uh, one is It. It mm-hmm. comes out in like two weeks. I'm not a scary guy, scary movie guy, but there's just something about this movie that's kept my interest the, the whole time. Also throw out uh, American Made, Tom Cruise, Doug Lyman thing. Um, it started to get some reviews, I believe, and it sounds pretty really positive. positive. So if that's the case... I'm, I'm on board for that. Can't lose with Cruise. That's right. You can't lose with Cruise. And are we not going to not talk about the last two movies don't. that he's been in? Okay. Hey, that's what I, I mean, come you on. Can't lose with Cruise. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> bouncing back. If anything, now he deserves our passing more than ever. He, sure. He broke his ankle. I mean, come on. Just give the guy give the guy a break. Um, also, throw out a couple ones that I know Colin's not going to be a fan of uh, because they are streaming on Netflix. <laughs> And Colin hates Netflix and no, they're streaming. No, that's not true. Um, I just... <laughs> they don't I qualify don't, as real movies. I don't think they movies. qualify as real movies if they're... they're it's like a straight-to-DVD thing it's for so me unfair. when they go to Netflix. That, yeah, first. we'll have to get into this at a different time because there's too many movies to preview. But uh, Bright from David Ayer, Will Smith, Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Looks like a fun, weird sci-fi fantasy cop movie uh, set in a future L.A. Um, but also there's a movie called Mudbound. It's like one of this movie that's already getting some Oscar buzz for Netflix. It uh, stars Jason Mitchell and uh, uh, Jason Headland, I think. His first name's not Jason. Those I can't remember. Sound his. right though. But yeah, because but they're both not named first name, not Jason. But anyways, it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. I don't really know that much about it other than that. But that could it could be a surprise one. Uh, and I've already, if uh, if you listen to our most anticipated or our best of. This year already, you heard me mention Oak Josh, another Netflix film. So, uh, could be a strong year for Netflix and their original content. And one last one I'll throw out there for I'll let you guys give your honorable mentions. Uh, last Flag Flying. It's a Richard Linklater film. It had its first trailer drop uh, earlier this week. It stars Steve Carell, Lawrence Fishburne, and somebody else who I can't remember uh, their name. I can't even see their face in my head right now. But, uh, I mean, Linklater does a lot of good stuff. I've really enjoyed Boyhood and Everybody Wants Some last year. So this one's about you know three former uh, vets in the Army who Steve Carell's son dies, and it's about him going like kind of across the country with his two older buddies. And like Lawrence Fishburne's now a preacher, and 
them kind of going across country just to give his son a proper send off. So oh, that's a phenomenal premise. It, it, I think it could be a it could be one of those Oscar flicks for sure. So uh, that is one I am very much looking forward to uh, as now because I saw a trailer for it this week. I did not know about it beforehand, but that's kind of how this season goes that we're in now. There could be a movie trailer that drops next week that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. But Josh, what are some of your honorable mentions? All right. Um, first off, the top of mine, I have Battle of the Sexes. Uh, it stars Emma Stone and Steve Carell, um, who's Bobby. Steve Carell is Bobby Riggs, and uh, Emma Stone as Billy Jean King. And mm-hmm. it's that lead up. To, it's the lead up to and the ultimate tennis match against uh, you know just like a strung out retired narcissistic tennis player, and then Emma Stone, who's Billy Jean King, who's like rocking the tennis world. It's directed by Jonathan Dayton and. Valerie Fans Ferris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks just super good, funny, and uh, at the end, uh, inspirational. So I've got that on there. And then next, I have Goodbye Christopher Robin because anytime I'm not, you know, ecstatic about this movie, but anytime I see the trailer for it, it's just super feel good. The kid in it, Will Tilson, it looks like he's uh, absolutely killing it acting. But then there's Margaret Robbie, Donald Gleason, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, who stars in Amazon's Fleabag, which got reviewed for season two. I'm excited. I saw about that. that. Yeah, it's a good series. Uh, and then she's got Star Wars coming up or the solo movie, whatever. Um, and then also downsizing. I, I I wanted to get this in my top 10, but there's just nothing out there other than like a few images of Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig waving <laughs> at two small people on a table and everybody kind of looking on. But also it's it's got um, Laura Dern, Jason DeSudeikis, and Neil Patrick Harrison there and it's directed by Alexander Payne. So all of that makes for, you know, a highly combustible and fun, energetic movie. That comes out around, like, end of December, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's an Oscar. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, they say it's, like, social satire or something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. And then also, one more final one, Pixar's Coco. Yeah. It's, I've got to say, it couldn't crack, it to, couldn't crack in the top ten. Um, so, but it just looks like a unique premise. And, you know, they're still, Pixar's pushing, uh into the realm of the unknown, which I love when mm-hmm. they do that versus, you know, Cars 3. Yeah, Coco is not in my top 10 either. It would have been an honorable mention for me. And, I mean, yeah, it's Pixar. It's really all I have to say about mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, if they keep up their track record, it could be, you know, easily one of the best films of the year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, actually, yeah, I have Coco in my honorable mention too. Um, I battled the sexes you mentioned. Um, American Made was mentioned already. Uh, let's see here. I got... One that you guys didn't say yet, All the Money in the World. It's Ridley Scott's yeah. next movie with mm. um, Kevin Spacey and Mark Wahlberg. It, I don't know much about it. I know it, it's like a period piece about a kidnapping plot. So just those people involved, you know, yeah. should be pretty good. That I is, think it comes out in like November. I think so. Yeah, yeah that, so that was on my It list. might be limited in November, but I'm sure we'll see it expand in like mm-hmm. December if not. That's all the ingredients for amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, see what else here suburbicon i got which you guys might talk about that that didn't make my list quite it's an honorable mention because i don't i other than the trailer i don't know much about it it just looks like it's going to be like a fun dark comedy mm-hmm. um molly's game directed by aaron mm-hmm. sorkin oh. that's his directorial debut if yes. i believe yep. yeah mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting um and then uh i have uh, roman israel esque something like yeah. that yeah it's denzel's next movie i won't get into that too much but because I really know nothing about it. I just know sure. it's the director of Nightcrawler, so Denzel starring in it, so it should be pretty good. Yeah, look for something entertaining yeah. there. Yeah, so uh, one of your honorable mentions is actually my number 10, uh, Suburbicon. Yeah, okay. We talked about the trailer a couple weeks ago when it dropped. Uh, I have not, I've only, I think I've only seen one of the movies George Clooney's directed, that being Leatherheads, 
and I don't really remember it that well his outside of John was, Krasinski was in there. <laughs> yeah. Is it Monuments Men his last movie? I think so. Which I wasn't a fan of. I didn't so. I didn't see that one because yeah. it just didn't look appealing to me. No. So uh that that is the big worry for me out of anything with this movie, but based on the trailer and the fact that it's Coen Brothers script, Matt's gonna do it right there. Matt Damon and Oscar Isaac and Julian Moore look fantastic in the film, so I think it's I think it's going to be something that's going to be a really pleasant surprise uh, that comes out you know near the end of the year. Then moving on to my number nine, I have Mother. You know, Darren Aronofsky uh, does some pretty crazy films, and this one just happens to start with my favorite actresses of all time, Jennifer Lawrence. Plus, you know, I have Javier Bardem and Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, which are all three incredible actors and actresses in their own right. So uh, I have no idea what's happening in the trailers or what this plot of the movie is, but it looks fun. It looks weird. It looks like it's going to be a movie that's going to mess with my mind and really mess with storytelling and probably have a couple of weird twists and reveals. So it's just one that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing in the theater once it drops. Then my number eight is another one of Colin's honorable mentions, Roman Israel-esque. Uh, again, I don't know anything about it. It's I've seen a trailer for it. I think I've seen like maybe one photo of Denzel. They may have released one of him from the movie, but it's Dan Gilroy. Nightcrawler was fantastic. Jake Gyllenhaal should have won an Oscar, let alone he, he, sh- he should have so been nominated. Man, I mean, it's, it's, it's so a travesty. <sighs> Makes me mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's terrible. So I think Denzel could you know, get at least Gilroy some recognition on the Oscar stage. Um, plus Colin Farrell is also co-starring in there. So two good leads. It's about these like... <clears throat> like Denzel and his law firm get caught up in some shady stuff. And then it's about him trying to figure out what, like whether to kind of break away or stay with, or what he's supposed to do in that situation. I I believe. So that premise sounds like it has that, you know, it it goes definitely more to the gray area, which nightcrawler was definitely all about. Uh, You can't really tell if Jake Jonah was a good or a bad guy. He probably leans more towards a little evil or not, not the best, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's the best word. Uh, I think if he if Gilroy can do that again with this, then this could easily shoot up and be worthy of like a top three ranking or something. Mm-hmm. Um, then my number seven is another one that I've not seen anything for, but just because of the talent involved, I kind of had to put it into there. Uh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's next film starring Daniel Day Lewis. I don't really know anything about it other than it's like a fashion movie set in like the sixties or fifties mm-hmm. and like. Dan Day-Lewis just makes clothes for rich people. I don't know what the plot is of the movie outside of that, but they did There Will Be Blood, and There Will Be Blood is insanely, insanely good. So uh, you should see it. Uh, it. It's it's crazy. Paul Dano's great in it. And, I mean, yeah, Dan Day-Lewis is one of the best actors ever. So right. him teaming up with one of maybe the best directors of all time, again, and possibly Dan Day-Lewis's final movie. Ooh. It again has just it's the potential that put it on my list instead of keeping them honorable mentions just because it's like i think it's going to be great and i don't i didn't want to leave it off and then be like oh i knew i should have put it on there so i'm taking the risk on paul thomas anderson and and dan gilroy but i think they're both going to pay off yeah i mean it's a period piece set in like you know the mad men era of that Mm -hmm. most acclaimed series so yeah with oh that's those, those are good those are good ingredients yeah, sure. so those are my that's my 10 through 7 okay yeah um, so number 10 for me I have The Rebel and the Rye uh, it's starring Nicholas Holt Kevin Spacey and Zoe Dutch 
And then Sarah Paulson is listed on the cast list too, but she's not in the debut trailer. And it's sort of like a uh, 1800s, no, no, 1920s Dead Poets Society. Kevin Spacey is this English teacher who's uh, instructing um, Nicholas Holt, who's playing J.D. Salinger, the mm-hmm. eventual writer of The Catcher in the Rye. And it's he's instructing him on, you know, writing short stories, writing novellas and selling them, pitching them the papers and to uh, books and things like that. And it's just up paced and seems fun. And Kevin Spacey's got that vibe that he had in Baby Driver. He's not evil this time around, but he's instructive and it's the best I can think of for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a little lights of drama because eventually uh, Salinger gets drafted into the army for World War II and those things play out and then eventually turn themselves into um, the catcher in the rye. So it's sort of like the American version mm-hmm. of Goodbye Christopher Robinson, if you will. Interesting. Uh, and it's directed by Danny Strong, which is going to be his directorial debut, mm-hmm. I believe, because all he's done is... He's done a couple Empire episodes. Yep, and that's about it. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's I not didn't even know this movie existed, but uh, cool. N- yeah, for number nine, though, I have The Papers. Uh, there's nothing out here for it. But it's right away, it's Spielberg. It's dealing with the Vietnam War and the uh, the cover-up or the, the bearing of information about how we kept bombing them even though it made no difference, you know, uh, the Viet Cong. So there's that. I love all that. And then there's Tom Hanks. There's Sarah Paulson. There's Zach Woods. There's Allison Brie. There's David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, and then... You know, rounding out all of those amazing people, the Iron Lady herself, Meryl Streep, <laughs> even though she's not, that's Margaret Thatcher. But anyway, all the, it's its the perfect, I think it's the perfect movie. I think it's the perfect cast. Uh, and, you know, uh, time-wise where we are, it seems like an important film. Uh, so I'm so stoked for it. Um, and then number eight, mm-hmm. I have The Greatest Showman. Uh, this was at the top of my lists uh, in the beginning of the year, but it's really kind of fallen down, mostly because marketing is within somewhat non-existent. There's been one trailer. Uh, there's not even music being released for it. Yeah. I'm super disappointed by that. But it stars Hugh Jackman, the, the most one of the most charismatic people out there. There's Zac Efron, there's Zendaya, there's Michelle Williams and uh, Rebecca Ferguson. But the first trailer had all of this energy, this optimism, this earnestness that La La Land had uh, last year, and uh, I've been listening to the soundtrack from that film uh, to this day. So I'm hoping that this is something else to kind of carry me forward in 2018. Yeah, I, that was would have been an honorable mention for me. It, it was close to be on my list, but again, it's just like kind of what you mentioned. There hasn't been that much marketing, so it's kind of just continued to fall out of my mind a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, if it's if it is lives up to its potential, it could be easily one of the best of the year. Oh, totally. Um, and then number seven, this mm-hmm. is my last one, right? Uh, this one I just came across two days ago and it's super dark times. It's a film by, uh, Kevin Phillips. And the best way to describe it is stranger things meets Donnie Darko meets okay. maybe stand by me, which is a, uh, it's a Stephen King film from I think eighties probably about kids journeying out into the woods, looking for a dead body. <laughs> it's, but it's so strange and weird. Um, it's centered around two kids named Zach and Josh, and they're in high school, and an accident happens that you know dramatically shakes their community, and kind of uh, the film just has this really dark, eerie 
overtone and there's a mystery at the core of it that's you know just bothering all of these kids but no one seems to be able to talk about it uh and it looks really really good and i'm super stoked to see it yeah directed by kevin phillips according to imdb another one directorial debut so cool seem to be a lot of those trending lately yeah Um, my number 10 is actually the lego ninjago movie oh yeah i it was between this and coco for me at number 10 I, although I do think Coco is going to end up being the better movie, I can't justify saying that I'm not more excited for the Lego Ninjago movie just simply because of the Lego movies in the, of the past. Their track record's just great. This already looks fun, funny, looks lo- exactly like what's come before, full of like you know pop culture references and stuff. So you know, I feel like you can't go wrong there. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, the next one I have, number nine is uh, Flatliners with... Uh, I can't even keep a straight face. No, you gonna, don't. I was going to try to go with it. But oh, I was, no, it's, I was <laughs> so shocked. It's the. It's actually... It still might shock you a little bit. The Snowman is my number nine. Oh, okay. Um, Michael Fassbender and Rebecca Ferguson. That's that's the main reason I was excited about this. I love both of them. Um, it's actually... I looked into the director. It's the director of uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Let the Right One In. Oh, okay. So um, that leads me to believe this... I think the trailers make it look like a showier thriller mm-hmm. than what it's actually going to be. I think it's going to be like more because like those other two movies are all like really slowly building like suspenseful. I think that that's how this one's going to play out. And I think the trailers are kind of misleading a little bit. So it looks like it's going to be an engaging thriller to me. So that's why I have high hopes for it. So and then, yeah, like Rebecca Ferguson, ever since Mission Impossible, I've been like following her. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Uh, my number eight is going to be Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, wow. Um, I just think it's uh, it looks like it's going to be a fun murder mystery with a lot of style. I can't think of like a murder mystery movie like this that's come out. And like, if you guys can think of one, let me know. But like, yeah, it's got I mean, whimsicality to it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's just going to be like a different type of movie that'll be, you know, fun to be able to like try to figure out who did it and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I have Daisy Ridley. I mean, the yeah. cast as a whole is great, but. Daisy Ridley in particular. I, yeah. I love her. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, excited to see her in something yeah. other than Star Wars, I guess. That was one that, another one that would have been an honorable mention for me just because it has a great trailer. Right. But it's like you know, December is its release, I think. And so it's, it's just it's like November. November. Like now. around Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm not thinking about it. The ever. momentum isn't there. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. that. Actually, no, it's actually, they moved it back. So it's now like November. I think it comes out November 10th now. Oh, okay. It's like the week after they Thor. So. Put it in between Thor and Justice League? Yeah. Yikes. That's a good fit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll, Thor will have its second week there. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. Maybe, right? I, mean, we, I mean, maybe. You never we'll, know. Get, we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My number seven is actually going to be The Disaster Artist, James Franco's oh, directorial yeah. debut, another directorial debut there. Um, I think it has massive potential to be absolutely hilarious. The cast is great. <laughs> I mean, he's got Dave Franco in there, yep. Seth Rogen, et cetera. Um, it just, just the, it's like a different type of movie too. It's like showing the making of a movie that I haven't seen yet, but okay. I'm planning on watching it. The room. When you, when you do, let me know because I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I'm, I want. I've heard I, it's it, better it has, to watch it with a bunch yeah, of people. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it, apparent. It's got that track record of being like a cult classic because of how bad it is. Yeah. So, um, the fact that they're doing a movie based on the making of that movie. And it's like, you know, it's already got rave reviews from mm-hmm. like film festivals yep. and stuff. So yep. I fully expect to think probably this would be one of the funniest movies of the year. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 That was one. If 
if I'd seen the room, because I, I haven't watched the trailer yet, because I'm like, I don't want to see oh. Eddie making fun at the movie until mm-hmm. I see the movie. Yeah. So like, I want to, I want to see it from my own eyes with all, right. all this already, all this back knowledge of it's mm-hmm. terrible, but you're going to love it. So, all right. Yeah. Well, I wish I would have had this in my honorable mentions, but I will say I have seen the room really, and I've seen the trailer for it. And it is, it is hilarious because when you watch the scenes and then you wonder how did they arrive at it like this? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I've but, seen that particular scene before. Okay. It's from yeah, so like I know. So you get yeah. the you get the joke mm-hmm. from the trailer then. Okay, yeah, and it, it when you uh, if the movie does all of that combined, uh, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Yeah, I think like the week that the disaster artist trailer dropped, I was looking to try to watch the room. I was just like, mm-hmm. I'll pay for it on Amazon Prime or whatever, and I couldn't find it like anywhere to rent or anything. So I was like, whatever. I'm sure they'll do it later on, closely when this yeah. movie's gonna release, yeah. just to give people a chance to <laughs> figure sure. out what it's all about. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's, that's your number seven. Yep. So my number six is one I tease would be on my list and that'd be American assassin. It's not going to be better than the Paul Thomas Anderson film or Roman Israel esque or mother probably, but it just looks like it's going to be like a lot of fun. Uh, Dylan O'Brien, I'm a huge fan of his and Michael Keaton is coming off of Spider-Man homecoming and Birdman and everything else he's done in his career. And I mean, it's Keaton. So it, if he's playing like kind of a, Tutor, but he also has kind of maybe some some mixed backstory where he's maybe a little he's a little evil. He turned Taylor Kitchen to some crazy killing machine. My only worry is that it's uh, it's trailers it's like seems like they go a little too big at points where they introduce like nuclear bombs yeah. and a huge. I, that's my concern is that the third act is going to get too weird and it's going to blow it out of proportion. But I think if they don't take themselves too seriously, it'll be yeah. Fun. And like I, I don't like Kingsman, but yeah. not not like that. Yeah, I don't want that tone. Over, yeah, not that like, yeah, yeah, the tone. Because I think if uh, like I keep kind of comparing, I just keep thinking of Jason Bourne because of the hand to hand combat they've shown in the trailers. Like not not Jason Bourne, like the the Bourne original sure, trilogy. Not not a comparison to Jason Bourne. Yeah. Uh, nothing against that film in particular, but uh, I think if they can keep it focused on the the style, the action. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the book's like. I mean, it's based on the number one New York Times bestseller. So if, if I don't know if that's, if that is part of a series and there's, there's more like the trailer always ends with like, this is only the beginning. So I'm, ba- I'm, I'm guessing that it's a continue the, the studio's hoping this is going to be some franchise, but just because of the cast assembled, I love the trailers. It's gotta be my number six and uh, gets my number five then, which is justice league. This is a movie that, uh, could go either way i think it could be absolutely amazing or i think it could be a disaster and i think a lot of that i mean the reason it's i mean i mean it'll be somewhere up i'm guessing in your guys's top sevens as well so it's not like this is you know too too high or anything but you know if you would have pitched me a couple years ago okay we're gonna get a justice league movie that has Zack snyder action but written with joss weed and his characters like mm-hmm. that sounds literally like a, a that sounds like a stirring pot for a potential like best super movie of all time sort of thing and i don't know how much whedon's changing there's a whole bunch of conflicting reports over he's changing the whole tone of the film and that they're just keeping snyder's action scenes and because you can't reshoot all those action scenes anymore but if that's what we get with a cast that i'm i think i'm gonna like quite a bit steppenwolf could be terrible i don't know but uh, but coming off of Wonder Woman, I have goodwill towards DC currently. So 
if I'm hoping they do not give me reason to start doubting them once again, and maybe they will in the news section, but that's for a different time as of right now. So that's my number five. Uh, and then my number four is Kingsman, the golden circle. I uh, loved the first Kingsman was one of my favorite films of that year, 2015, whenever it came out, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Vaughn's incredible director. And now that Taron Edgerton's back and he's, fully embraced the role of Eggsy. I think the, there's unlimited potential for them. I wasn't the biggest fan of that first trailer, but the the second one they released, I uh, really loved that one. And I mean, it's another Julianne Moore film where she's the villain this time. And, you know, Channing Tatum's in there and it looks like he's having a blast and Jeff Bridges is being himself and, you know, have Halle Berry in there. So like, it just has a great ensemble. If it can recapture some of the magic of the first Kingsman, then I have I have no doubt that it'll be one of my favorites of the year. That's All my right. four. So then I'm coming in at number six. Yes. And I have, and I struggle with this one, but yeah, pitch, pitch, it's pitch perfect three. Uh, it, it's the conclusion of two really great comedies headlined by one of my favorite comedy writers right now, Kay Cannon. And <coughs> it just has so many funny people packed into it that I really don't care where the story is going at this point as much as as long as it's a feasible excuse, you know, to get everybody together without it being like turning into an episode of uh, like some kind of spy mission or, you know, like uh, without jumping the shark completely. But it looks like they're coming close, though. Uh, There are ninjas and there are explosions, (laughs) but... And um, nunchucks and... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Rebel Wilson... uh, is as funny as ever in this movie and it looks like they're zeroing in on her and Anna Kendrick's friendship and relationship and that's always been one of the best parts of these movies uh, but of course John Higgins and Elizabeth Banks back as uh, two people who ironically aren't moving on with their lives while they you know degrade the Bellas for not moving on with their lives I just think that's so funny um, John Lithgow is going to show up in his movie somewhere too I think that is awesome then there's Anna Camp and Brittany Snow and then they're adding Ruby Rose to the mix mm-hmm. So uh, I just think it's it's primed to be a final the final installment of a hilarious trilogy, um, and then number five. So I think no, this isn't the one. This is one your number five. Uh, I've got Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Uh, of course, Pedro Pascal. I think we talked about him a little bit earlier, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, he's in this, and he is kicking some serious butt. There's Channing Tatum, like you said. He's he looks like he's in the role he was born to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him in Logan Lucky. Last week, I thought he was great there, but this one he's getting to break out and be his most earnest self, and that's going to be phenomenal. The statesman, the everything surrounding that is so cool to smash up against the the Kingsman vibe. Uh, Matthew Vaughn is one of the most stylistic directors in action right now. I, I him and Zack Snyder, I, I think it's a toss up mm-hmm. right now. Snyder's got more, got a larger body of work, so maybe that's why you can't say Matthew Vaughn just yet. Mm-hmm. But this may put put that all under wraps, especially with Vaughn, you know, in talks to do a Man of Steel film. Uh, I so, hope. yeah, be great. Wouldn't that be awesome? I think so. Uh, but yeah, then Colin Firth is back, so <laughs> yes, awesome. And then, like you said, Julian Moore, Halle Berry, um, and I don't know who else I'm leaving off because they've got this movie just loaded with awesome. Mm. Um, and then for my number four. Uh, I've got Blade Runner 2049. Uh, first of all, Harrison Ford is coming back uh, in one of my favorite roles. It's because the, the first Blade Runner was like this L.A. noir film that's 
ambiguous, but also sci-fi, and it uses its premise to tell the story, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it every step of the way. And that's what I love about it. Um, and then they're continuing the story now. And we've got Ryan Gosling in there. We've got Robin Wright, David Baptiste, uh, Jared Leto, Mackenzie Davis, and I'm probably leaving out plenty of other people in a... Uh, and they are miss Armis, yeah mm -hmm. and then oh, so so many people and also um edward osmos from battlestar oh, yeah. galactica if anybody or is that too odd in the reference whatever the case is he was on ages of shield for a couple episodes oh was he <laughs> yeah. oh awesome yeah well anyway this is also being directed by denny villeneuve one of my favorite directors uh working right now maybe outside of uh, spielberg or scorsese or whatever the case is no one yeah no of course <laughs> um but I felt like that was too obvious to say. Right, yeah. But then he's also paired with Johan Johansson to do the <laughs> score. And uh, arguably the Blade, the original Blade Runner score by Valerez. Is that correct? Yeah, it's Valerez. Sure. Um, was so inspirational to so many people. And then seeing Johan Johansson continue that after I've been such a fan of the Arrival soundtrack. Um, you know, it's the ingredients for... The, it's the perfect continuation of what Ridley Scott did uh, in every element of this film. So that's what I'm really excited about. And that's, that's it. Okay. Uh, my number six is going to be mother um, starring Jennifer Lawrence. And that is the sole reason it's my <laughs> number six. You know, it's just, I'm excited to see her come back. I think we talked about this last time I was on a little bit based on the trailer. It mm -hmm. just looks like it so much mystery involved with it and suspense no idea what's going on in that trailer. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there. And yeah, just Jennifer Lawrence in a movie again, it's just going to be, you know, excited for that reason alone. Uh, number five is going to be justice league. Um, I mostly want to see more of I'm, wonder woman made me excited for this one again. Mm. Like I was iffy on this one before, but I mean, I, I still am. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, the trailers still have me a little worried. I've, I haven't been a huge fan of any of them. I think there's bits and pieces of them that I enjoy, but like overall, I just, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm rooting for it, but yeah. So, I mean, still it's comes in at my number five cause it's a big event movie like mm -hmm. that. It's, it's hard not to be yeah, excited it's, it's, for it. Yeah. It's hard not to, yeah, at this point, I like I want to see more of Batman too, mm -hmm. just because yeah. he was the best part of Batman v Superman right. easily. So I think another reason that like, I think it's so highly anticipated for a lot of people is also because like it could be a literally the make or break film for dc I like think it is the make if, or break film if it if it yeah. doesn't because like no other movies are filming outside of aquaman currently so if justice yeah. league gets terrible reviews people hate different parts for whatever reason i could see them just being like all right we'll put aquaman out and then we'll do something completely different moving forward and yeah. all the other movies we've announced are scrapped like you I have mean, no idea plus we're getting some of aquaman's like backstory mm -hmm. in this one too it seems like with like Amber Heard showing up. Yep. Um, and then, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's also just, um, I mean, cyborg and flash. You get to see them too. Um, flash. He might, he looks like one of the best parts of this movie based on the trailers, mm -hmm. but still like, I don't know the, the tone. I think Joss Whedon's actually going to help that out a little bit mm -hmm. with the tone because it seemed a little like iffy at this point. Like honestly, like Zack Snyder, I'm not a huge fan of, but I would rather have him like 
try to stick with what he knows versus like trying to lighten up the tone a little bit, mm -hmm. which is probably what they're wanting him to go for. Yeah. But I think Joss Whedon coming in is the best thing for it because mm -hmm. he'll be able to do that like naturally. So we won't have too big of a problem with that. So, yeah, I mean, definitely excited for this one. Still iffy on it. We'll see how it goes. So number four is going to be Kingsman, the Golden Circle. I think mm -hmm. it's identical to what Cooper had. It is. But um, yeah, it's uh, just, you know, sequel to like a great fun surprising movie that i didn't see coming when it first came out um yeah just the i mean the comedy the action scenes uh colin firth coming back i'm i'm excited to see like what they're going to do with him I, mean, I, ho I hope it's not something stupid like yeah. uh, he's a clone or something like or that villain. but I yeah would hate that. Well, yeah but um i don't know I, d I don't necessarily believe that julianne moore as great as she can be is going to top uh samuel <laughs> jackson's villain role because that's really it's, it's hard tough. to top yeah, yeah that was yeah, great in the first one. So, <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> like, well, the thing is too, though. Uh, I guess I'll cut in here, but mm. like, her villain looks like she's set up to be like that. Yeah, she too. she's over the top and stuff. She's like, let me show you something, and then she like presses the button, and blows things up. So. Right, like with drones, look like they're carrying yeah. bottles of Chardonnay or something mm -hmm. like that. It just it's so uh, yeah. obscure that I think it could be fun. Yeah, I love how we're getting like an Americanized version of the Kingsman as yeah. well. That's mm -hmm. going to be great to see, just like that dynamic of them interacting with each other. Um, and just the action scenes. I think the first Kingsman and like maybe Winter Soldier Civil War, those have in the past like 10 years, those have some of the greatest action scenes I've ever seen. And yeah, so I'm expecting more of the same from this one, especially with the that new trailer that came out. Just mm -hmm. the, some of the lasso scenes are oh my crazy. Yeah, so I like the red band when he like cuts the guy in half with the lasso. <laughs> yeah, that's like, so cool. That like, is that's literally what, so cool. That's what we expect to see from a Kingsman at this point. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited to see that they're, sticking to that tone i yeah. guess i don't know why they wouldn't but yeah it's just yeah. it's just refresh or it's just exciting to see them actually going forward with mm -hmm. it like that so right yeah yes all right so that moves on to our our top threes which will again will go individually and my number three most anticipated for the rest of the year is blade runner 2049 wow. i am not uh i don't remember much about the first blade runner honestly bought the final cut of it on blu-ray a couple of months ago and just kind of waiting to rewatch it before the movie comes out but i mean it has denny and that's really all i need to say about blade runner honestly because with arrival with prisoners with sicario <laughs> uh i've yet to see enemy but i think that's the only other film of his that i haven't seen yet um but I mean, Harrison Ford coming back, the role is cool because he just did the same thing with Force Awakens. Yeah. So I love the idea that he kind of joked about that, like, yes, his mission is to reboot and come back to every role he's ever done. I think that's I think that's hilarious. I don't know if that's actually true or not. The but, new Air Force One sequel, Air Force right. Two, is going to be crazy. <laughs> right, yeah. He just needs to get a better, do a better job on Indiana Jones 5. Uh, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but... Outside of Ford, again, like kind of what you were mentioning, Josh, the cast is just incredible. Ryan Gosling coming fresh off of La La Land. I mean, like I probably couldn't be a higher on him even if I like wanted to. He is just like he is up there of like just being inc like on the top list of actors currently yeah, for me. Yeah, he's hosting SNL debut. Uh, <laughs> I saw so that. He's yeah, he's becoming one of those guys that you want to, the moment you see he's in a movie, you want to go yep. just mm -hmm. to see. And like this looks do. like a different type of role for him. Like – 
if you, I, I don't know if you either guys saw Drive, mm-hmm. um, but like that, he was super really good, good in that, and I, I'm I'm kind of getting a similar feel for his yeah. for his portrayal and the way he's going to take this character as he did with that, and if he can be that intense. And the trailers all are hinting that either he is has some huge revelation to the future of humanity, or it's tied up into Ford's character. Uh, it, it looks like they're going to do something crazy with it, and the, whether or not replicants are the future, if there's some new breed of uh, species out there. I don't know what the, what it is, but I mean, I trust Denny a lot. And I mean, just the trailers have all looked great. They sounded great. And I mean, yeah, when you have Roger Deakin shooting a film, it's hard not for it to, like, it's going to look like one of the best films of the year. So there's a lot of reasons for this to be just again by my third most anticipated rest of the year you're taking the best visual artist one of the best visual artists in hollywood right now and giving him one of the most iconic uh visual films from the 80s and letting him work with it and yeah it's coming out it's coming out to be uh, so phenomenal mm-hmm. um so i don't know number yes. three then okay i've got the murder on the orient express uh and I know, I think you touched on it just a little bit ago, and you talked about the cast, and I just, I pulled it. Here it is, okay? Johnny Depp, Daisy Ridley, Michelle Pfeiffer, Penelope Cruz, Josh Gad, William Defoe, uh, Derek Jacoby, um, and then that's not all, because also we have Leslie Odom Jr., we have Judy Dench, and then obviously the director himself and uh, detective star, Hercule Poirot, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, uh, and then isn't the, uh, the new Jafar... Uh, that's right. He's, he's in, in there. there. As well, um, Marwin Kanzari. Yeah, I think that's his name. I so, don't remember. And, all of those immensely talented people packed onto one of the the classic of all classics, murder mysteries by Agatha Christie, um, is awesome already. And then also, Kenneth shot this movie on sixty five millimeter uh, Panavision cameras, like the last four or three in Hollywood that they make. So I'm expecting that they're going to have these uh, an awesome theatrical experience, and it's it's going to be so fun, and it's going to be so cool. Um, the cinematographer is Harris uh, Zarbukas. So yeah, I there isn't much in the way of marketing, but there's just so much there to be excited for. Um, on this, looks like a mastering of the classic which i hope will become the definitive version mm-hmm. you know going forward so that's my number three yeah my number three is going to be thor ragnarok um yeah it just looks so creative um looks like i'm expecting a lot of standout action sequences from this one um potentially the best superhero movie of the year i don't think that's a crazy statement yeah no, I, think so I, th- I think it could easily be that um just the hulk being in that world i think like they've been rumored to set up Planet Hulk for so long now. Um, this, is, this has to be it if they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, they're guess. doing it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be able to f- hopefully find out what went on with Loki at the end of the Dark World. So mm-hmm. that's exciting too. Um, really, have no idea what they're going to do with this. So I'm I'm trying to like I haven't watched the trailers like a ton. I mean, the first trailer I've seen a lot just because it's been in theaters and mm-hmm. stuff. But like that second one, I've watched like twice probably and. Yeah, it's just, it's great, but I just kind of want to don't want to sit there and nitpick it a little bit just to like try to figure out what's going on, you know. It's one thing though I've noticed that they've not really given any of the story away. Yeah, that's a that's another thing. Like I don't really know. I I think I get the general gist of it. Like 
he's going to get his hammer taken away. He's going to get captured. He's going to mm-hmm. have to fight in an arena. The Hulk's captured there as well. Somehow we're going to have to find out how the Hulk ended up getting there. So that'll be cool too. Yeah. Um, do you guys expect to see anybody else from Marvel show up? Well, we like, know we know Doctor Strange is there. Other than Doctor Strange, yeah. I, uh, you know, I not any like Avengers you, okay, or anything. Well, do you think Doctor Strange will be a big part in this one? No. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I, I thought I think he'll show up like... I think his role is literally going to be either like, right at the very beginning or... I guess it. My I think we'll have something to do with Hulk before he. Gets yeah, I think taken. it'll be like, Hela comes to Asgard, attacks Loki and Thor. Like, oh crap! Like we're screwed. They like flee to Earth. She takes the hammer. They're like, okay, we got to find Odin. He'll probably know how to help us. And then they go to Doctor Strange. He's there for like five minutes, and then he's out. Well, when hmm. do you think Thor is going to find out about Loki too? I have no idea. That's a that's another thing that you got to look forward to. I think know? I feel like that's the start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised Odin. if that's like literally like the beginning and like yeah. Thor's confronting Loki and then yeah, it's what like, happened to Odin. That's what we got to find out. Yeah. Too. So there's a lot of unanswered questions that are probably going to be answered in this one. So yeah. hopefully, you know, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it better be. We're gonna get driven crazy if not. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think. And then also just the the way this is going to end, I fully expect it to set up Infinity War, mm-hmm. which is probably the most exciting aspect of this. <laughs> That'll get us like ready for May next year. So yeah. that's why, yeah, it's my number three. Yeah, they better not stiff me on Sir Anthony Hopkins. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah, that is uh, Ragnarok is my number two. So I right. uh, echo a lot of the things Colton just said. I mean, it. it if there's anything, I'm not like, I know a lot of people think like Thor, the Thor franchise is bad in comparison to the rest of the Marvel it's Universe. Not. I think the first Thor film is, you know, in that top portion of the second tier of marvel films it is it is a really okay. fun really good origin kind of fish out of water story mm-hmm. but the real the real selling point yes it's cool to have the hulk in here it's i mean kate blanchett as the villain is awesome i mean having uh carl urban come in and i have all these jeff goldblum and tessa thompson's all that stuff's great yep, yep. but taiko aditi as the director is like so different that i think he's gonna do for Thor, what kind of James Gunn did for Marvel as a whole and kind of what the Russo brothers did for Marvel Earth. Like, he's just going to flip everything upside down, go super crazy. Uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, really, really funny. And, I mean, it, whenever you have Hulk and Thor together on screen, you're going to get great action just by default. You, it's impossible to have both those characters have bad action because they're just, they're both pretty awesome. So, uh, it's just, I, th- I think it will be Marvel's best film of the year, just edging out Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, maybe it'll be the best superhero movie as well, and just being out Wonder Woman or Logan. But I mean, again, that's that's a tough bar to beat at this point. So uh, it is is definitely a movie that I'm so looking forward to. And like, yeah, like you said, Quentin, there's so many questions that I've like have left wondering since you know Thor: The Dark World, but also Age of Ultron. I've been waiting for two years to find out. You know why did why did hulk decide to leave earth why how does he get captured did he get captured or did he just kind of land there and then kind of become yeah. the big gladiator you know what i i didn't even think of until just now last time we saw him he was flying away on that jet in yeah. age of ultron so yeah so he probably like got in, he probably got went off there maybe he went through one of those space portals the guardians are popping through in volume two and then he just like happens to crash on sakar and then they're like hey and then they just kind of somehow they have enough people or manpower or some space device that can kind of mm-hmm. keep them under control a little bit they're like hey we know you we know you want to fight we'll throw in serena we'll have you fight people all day every day and he's like 
Okay. Yeah. I can, I can do that. So, <laughs> I mean, if it is literally just like the space buddy road trip movie, we've kind of been promised with Thor and Hulk, but also mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson and Loki joining in for parts of that. That's going to be so crazy. And yeah, I've been the guy that's been nitpicking, like combing through the trailers frame by frame to try to figure out what this movie's about. And I still don't really know. Yeah. I've, I have a general idea of, I think how the plot's going to go, but there's still elements like how does searcher get involved? Right. Where does all this other stuff happen? I have no idea. <laughs> like, there's there's so much left unanswered that I think that's another one that makes it so encouraging. Is because I felt like I kind of knew how Guardians was going to play out, and maybe that's the reason why I didn't love it as much as mm-hmm. the first one. Or, um, you know, there's a bunch of other factors to that, but it just it seems like a totally different movie from Marvel that looks like it's going to just blow people away. Yeah, there's like two ways of to make a trailer. One, you do enough to you know you show enough at the beginning middle and end to get people excited or you show them a lot of nothings but this is showing you some of the greatest action pieces that are going to be in there but you know nothing else Mm -hmm. and arguably that's what you want to know the most about and uh, i think that's a really creative direction direction for the marketing team i don't know if taika had any input on it but and also you said uh like about being zany mm-hmm. and like that's what the thor universe should have been in the beginning yeah not not norse mythology but just there are nine other universes or galaxies out there who all do things different ways mm-hmm. and they're embracing that which is awesome so you guys you guys think they've been playing it safe the first two i, I think i mean yeah. I, I think i didn't think that at first but compared to the third yeah, you know, I think I think I think looking one. back on it, we'll be like, man, yeah. they, this is what Thor should have been from the get go. Yeah. And again, I think it's the James Gunn influence where he does something with Guardians that he shapes the Marvel Cosmic mm-hmm. Universe, and then they're like, okay, well, if this is gonna be a cosmic movie, we oh. need to be in that same style. Right. But also another thing, I appreciate that they're not doing what they're doing with what they did with Age of Ultron and show you the entire Hulkbuster Hulk fight. It seems like we've only seen a couple of glimpses of the mm-hmm. Hulk versus Thor fight. Yeah. And that I'm hoping that's a much longer sequence, yeah. and it's, they're I'm saving sure a lot of that for theater, which I am su- yeah. I'm super on board for. Another thing, like Guardians, are they got to show up at the end, right? It's part of the I, cosmic I, universe. I I think that'll be because like the Infinity War trailer description, which mm-hmm. we'll have the Infinity, oh, yeah, because he we'll yeah, have the Infinity War like trailer yeah. before Thor Ragnarok. It'll play before. And so then do you think I'm, that's going to happen in the movie? I think if it, if the trailer that they release is just like the D23 San Diego Comic-Con one, I think they'll show the shot in the trailer where he hits the Milano. They talk a little bit, but I think it'll kind of be like the Ant-Man tease at the end of Ant-Man yeah. where it'll be Thor in the Milano and having an elongated scene with the Guardians to be like, Thor will return with the Guardians in Avengers Infinity yeah. War and that'll close it out mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. get people super hyped. I can hyped. see that being like the after credits scene yeah. at the end there. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm anticipating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my number two. All right. Okay, so then uh, my number two, uh, weirdly, I guess, is going to go ahead and be Star Wars The Last Jedi. And I... What? <laughs> I, I, okay, well... Yeah, oh my I, gosh. Listen. This is a game changer. Star Wars four. are tentpole films in my life. They have been since episode one came, or since I was born, and my parents played the original trilogy to me, and then as a little kid, the uh, prequel trilogy, and then now these are chapters that I have to see. I'm always excited to get to the movie for, and now this has so much weight on it. Uh, not only is it being directed by uh, 
the most apt director out there, um, Ryan Johnson, and, and screenwriter, too. He does both uh, so well. We're finally seeing the return of my childhood hero, uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. And then also uh, we get this whole new cast of incredible people from John Boyega to Oscar Isaac to the lead, Daisy Ridley. Adam Driver has just been in film after film, you know, really inspiring. And then he's here and he's back. Um, there's Gwendolyn Christie, who's just a, a total badass. There's Donald Gleason, who's just killing it in role after role that he's been in. Um, there's Andy Serkis, who's the best mocap performer, or I mean, just performer in general, uh, uh, to be able to put out gravitas, anger, and spite. Um, and then there's just uh, there's Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Quintana, um, and so many other people. Uh, Laura Dern's in here too, uh, mm-hmm. just a wonderful act- actress. Um, but it's continuing a story in the right way that means so much to me, and uh, I'm excited for it. But also, Carrie Fisher's last, la- the last thing that she's ever filmed, and that is going to that's going to break me mm-hmm. uh, in the theater. Probably from the first time she shows up to the last time she shows up. John Boyega's about then out there talking about. Uh, what her role is in the film. And he said things that alluded to Carrie Fisher's actually probably, you know, uh, may or maybe Princess Leia doesn't make, generally doesn't make it out of this film. I don't know. But this just looks like a turn for the Star Wars films as a whole. Um, and that's why I'm really, really excited for it. Okay. Wow. That is, that is, that is a shock. Uh, Okay, and I'll explain. I guess a little bit more why it's not was the way up there. was Blade Runner your three? Blade Runner was my four. What uh, was your three? three? Was Murder on the Orient okay. Express? I put it on as your four. Okay, That's just one clarification. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, crazy. Yeah, uh, my number two is going to be Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, a lot because of Denise. Uh, just he's apart from Nolan, um, he's my favorite director working today. Just Prisoners, one of my favorite movies of all time. Sicario was fantastic. Um, Arrival was great last year too. So I have every reason to believe that Blade Runner is going to be the best, one of the best of the year, if mm-hmm. not the best. It, it could be the best, but it could. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Of, but yeah, okay. You may have to define your terms yeah. on that. Storytelling, visually, uh, j- all the every, elements, together. everything, okay. everything. Just okay. directing the cast. Ryan Ryan Gosling's killing it right now. Um, yeah, just the the. Roger Deakins doing the cinematography is just going to be great okay. looking. Every time he does a movie, it's just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just great to look at, I guess. I don't know how else to work that. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I get yeah. It. I just, you know, Skyfall. all leads me to believe a great feeling about it. The, the score that the, the original Blade Runner theme just, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's one of the iconic scores in movies. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just the marketing has, has, me every reason to believe that this is not going to disappoint at all so yeah it's my number two all righty uh so that gets to my number one uh which i thought was going to be consensus number one but guess not josh so I see you gotta, gotta uh, change it up a little yeah bit. I, I, I i i'm pretty surprised by this honestly. i stressed over this. i will I'll talk I'm, about in, it I'm interested to see what your number one is um but yeah it's it's star wars eight uh the force awakens was my favorite movie uh, of 2015 mm-hmm. it's my favorite star wars movie and it it is the fact that it's building off this with arguably a better director and ryan johnson with a cast that will be stronger because they're more 
into this role, into these roles, but also that Mark Hamill is actually going to be in it <laughs> for yeah. more than two seconds. Uh, I think it just it is all the makings to be the. I don't want to make the comparison to Empire because that's just it's it, oh it's the, it's the it's the middle chapter of a trilogy, so it's an Empire yeah. st- sort of story, but. I think it has like all the all the makings to be that have that same effect on audiences now that you know Empire did back then. I don't expect as big of a twist or cliffhanger or anything that you know I am your father was, but it I think it just has everything working towards it to be just great. I mean, the fact that we've only seen one trailer so far is even giving me even more confidence in the fact that Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill like don't watch anything else. Just avoid all the marketing, not because I don't think they're going to spoil anything, but just because they want people to go in completely fresh and not know as much as possible. I, I want to do that as much as I can, but I know once the second trailer drops, I'm not going to be able to not watch it. I, mean, I really want to not watch it. I mean, the, the first trailer, fr- I would be totally fine if they didn't even release the second trailer because mm-hmm. the first trailer is still, every time I see it on the big screen, I'm like, man, this Gives is, it's so good. Yeah. Just the opening shot. I mean, the voice, just like the voiceover, like that's such a dumb thing. But man, the voiceover is so good, but <laughs> yeah. like it, it, it is like, it's, it's just, it has everything working towards it. And I mean, it, it, just, it just looks it just looks fantastic. And, you know, it, it's really, um, when you see, Steve, Steve Yedlin was the cinematographer here, and when they showed the behind-the-scenes reels, you guys, you guys caught mm-hmm. that, right? That's when, you, that's when you see the love and care that goes mm-hmm. into these films of taking a fantasy that Lucas had, you know, in the 70s, and, you know, making it come to life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, you see that happen, and, you know, play out on screen, you know. Or you see people, the process behind it. It's really... It warms the heart a little bit. I, yeah. won't, I mean, I won't lie. That's how I feel during it. So yeah. So uh, we'll maybe talk about it more once yeah. we get to Colton. You want me to but just go since he's gonna have a different one. So uh, we sure. We, we can we can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Colton, uh, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, Star Wars my number, number one, one <laughs> is Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi as well. Just only, of course, you know. Um, ever since the ending of Seven in theaters, I can't, haven't been able to stand waiting to see this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Think I don't know if you mentioned Benicio del Toro when you were talking about oh, it. Oh no, I didn't even mention him. Yeah, just he's, the, the he's in it too. Like I keep forgetting about that, and it's just like I'm excited to see how, what his character is going to be. It sounds like he's going to be a shady character um, that that tags along with Rose and Finn mm-hmm. um, on this like casino like planet. Yes, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just Carrie Fisher. From what I've heard, they are going to send her off in like a really good way. So we're probably all going to be bawling our eyes out in the theater. <laughs> probably. Um, I think this has potential to be the best Star Wars movie so far. So mm-hmm. that's why it's so high up. I just Ryan Johnson has me confident in it. I think I still think it's going to follow probably the, a lot of the same beats that Empire Strikes Back. It's kind of unavoidable yeah. just ba- based on what I've seen so far. Well, but it, I mean, I think Empire Strikes Back is my favorite one right now. Mm-hmm. So I think if that like is comparable to it, I will be more than yeah. satisfied. Like even if it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, it still won't be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. But like, as long as it's not, as long as it's like, I want to say better than Rogue One, I'll be fine with it. If it's like level of Rogue One, I'll probably be disappointed in it. But actually, I will. Be <laughs> yeah, if but it, I if mean, it's, if it's, it's like, one, if it's at least, yeah. if, I want it to be at least as good as Force Awakens. I know that's a lot to put on it, but mm-hmm. I have all the confidence in the world that this is going to be better. That's that's and, the only thing that worries me about the Last Jedi is that going into Force Awakens, I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be good. I'm 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 looking forward to it, but I wasn't. 
you know, super hyped until I was sitting in a theater. This yeah. one, I've been way, I've been dying for it for two years. Yeah, and I've now been super I'm like, Ugh. For this one, or, uh, for episode seven too, though. So like, yeah. and I wasn't disappointed. So that gives me even more confidence going into eight that I'm not going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, just, uh, I think, I think there will be like a pretty big twist in it somewhere. What do you think? What do you think it'll be like, be about kind of like Ray and it her sounds family? Like it's or? something to do with Luke. Honestly, from what they've been saying, I don't know what it could possibly yeah. be. I don't think it's going to be something obvious, like like something that we've discussed before, like just yeah. people in general, like, oh, Luke's actually going to be bad or whatever. I don't right. think it's going to be that. <laughs> it's going to be something that no one's ever even thought of, and we're just going to probably That's what I'm floored. hoping for. Like, yeah, I want I want to be floored when they reveal whatever this is. But, like, yeah, they – like, just talking about it, I know, like, Daisy Ridley and Mark Hamill have been saying, like, they're – they were worried at first just mm-hmm. reading it, like – how is this going to yeah. work? And then they said, but then when they actually did it, they see now and they trust Ryan Johnson yeah. fully. So like, what could that possibly be? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. So yeah. I'm definitely excited to see what that is. Yeah. I mean, with, with when, if Mark Hamill, the guy who's been playing Luke Skywalker for like the last 40 years is mm-hmm. like, Oh, I like in the bottom of my stomach, I was like, I disagree completely with this story arc. And then he's like, no, actually it works. Like, if yeah. he if he hated it that much, that means they are doing something completely different than like Luke Skywalker's back and he's the hero. But then it also works in some way where Hamill's like, yeah, but it actually works out better than anything I imagined. Like he always talks about, oh, you know, like the the the, the big speculation like in the Force Awakens was, oh, you know, I wish when the lightsaber shot out, it went. It, Luke was there, standing there, and grabbed it instead of went to instead of going I, to Ray. I thought that's mm-hmm. what it was going to be, and that's what he wanted. Yeah. And so, like when he he said he said, even said like oh, when I was reading the script, I thought, oh, this is my entry point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that it's not, I think, is such a great, you know, just a twist on everybody's expectations. Yes. That I hope that whatever the twist is here is the same. I don't think it's going to be Luke is evil or no. Ray is a Skywalker or anything like See, that. That's, a, that's something people have discussed already. But so. even even if it is stuff like that, I'm still going to be like, they actually did it. Yeah. Wow, I'm I'm blown I'll away. Still be, <laughs> right. I'll still be surprised, <laughs> yeah. but like and I still I don't think it's going to be something that we've discussed before. Yes, I agree. And yeah, you know, it, it's probably not going to be a reveal as much as it's going to be a genre subversion. It's, well, also, like, the way they did their reveals in 7, it, they weren't, like, sure. traditional reveals either. Exactly. It was just kind of like, he's in the hands of your father, Han Solo, and you're sitting there in the theater like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wow, they just, they yeah. just blew the lid like, in I was, Like, I was literally like, <laughs> like what the heck? Like, like wait, when J- that happened. yeah, exactly. Like, JJ, that's not how you do that. Yeah. yeah. But you set it up, and then Han, <laughs> uh, the bridge says, son, not Ben, and you're just mm-hmm. like, but when he says Ben, after you already know he's your son, yeah. you make the connection of, yeah. of Obi-Wan, and it's just like, oh, wow. So cool, yeah. but yeah, I you know think I, from what I can gather, it's going to be like Game of Thrones. It's not going to be your traditional fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is it's going to twist the genre up, and I think maybe that that's why Luke didn't catch the lightsaber yeah. there at the end. That's why the very first the last words of this trailer are, "No, no more Jedi. We're right. done. That's it." You know, so uh, I. Uh, I'm really excited. Plus, for like it, the Knights of Ren, they gotta. I mean, yeah, if anything, we're gonna maybe more. get some type of like flashback scene. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll find out more answers. That's all. That's like exciting in itself because yeah. the the seventh one presented so many questions, so many left questions. unanswered. So we're gonna we're we won't get all all of those obviously, but we're gonna yeah. get some of them uh, enough to probably make us be like, man, I can't wait for nine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't wait. Yes, yeah, so that's Star Wars. Josh, what is your number one? <laughs> For, for number one, I put Molly's game down. 
And Whoa, I had, and okay. I had a really odd reaction to the trailer. <laughs> you did, because you didn't really like it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how to feel about it. And I, and Aaron Sorkin is probably one of my favorite television writers. His work in the first four seasons of The West Wing uh, are some of the best drama uh, on television, and you know, witty and funny at the same time. And all the character, the cast of characters that he has around him, uh, he just wields with you know expertly um and this week i was watching the other series that he did the newsroom Mm -hmm. and it's bad i liked it at first but then it turned out to be bad and as i was thinking about it i was like okay yeah and then he did after that steve jobs steve jobs wasn't good either and then i revisited michael fassbender one the michael fassbender jeff daniels see um, i liked that one Catherine waterson yeah it's just it the, the points of tension almost aren't realistic enough. Uh, he's talking about the elegance of building a, a computer or a phone doesn't really blend itself as well to the idea of what the social network was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is, that, that's like the cusp of a digital revolution and an idea um, beyond, beyond just Facebook, but uh, what what it would become and what kind of reactions from people I, I, I would still elicit. felt like with the subject matter they made it like entertaining enough like not it wasn't as good as like social network but sure. it was like it still it still had me enough to where I was engaged watching it okay which is all I can really ask for with a movie like that yeah so. all right um, but now we have Molly's game here and Jessica Chastain is probably one of the uh, I'm not sure what the what the exact word is but most bold and brilliant actresses out there um her role in zero dark 30 is probably one of my favorites of all time Mm -hmm. and not to mention you got idris elbus in here and i've been dying for the man to get a good role and this is it with sorkin um helming the script but also there's kevin costner in there there's chris o'dow there's jeremy strong um bill camp but then of course uh michael Sarah, who's you know, in, I, who probably not in real life, but in this movie about an underground ring of uh, poker players, illegal poker players, high stakes, hundreds of thousands of dollars a night. Um, he's he's the most perfect, unassuming choice, especially after, you know, visualizing him in Robin and, you know, with the, the lines that he had him deliver are still burned in my head. But um the more I thought about this story after last week, having a indifferent reaction to it and worried about where Sorkin was taking things, uh, I decided that I am more excited for this than star Wars because I think he's finally got his game together. Um, in newsroom, he just, he, all of his characters are one dimensional. And once you know the beats that they're going to play in that series, they, you already can just guess their reactions to everything else. They're not dynamic characters at all. And um, multiple rewatches of the trailer, Molly Bloom, Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. um, has many sides. And it's already proven to be way more dynamic than anything that they did with Allison Peel in three seasons of the newsroom. And he's my favorite writer, making his directorial debut. And I'm super... I'm excited for him, which makes me excited for this movie. <laughs> um, the cinematographer, Charlotte Christensen, um, who did Fences and The Girl on the Train, along with uh, 
plenty of others. Uh, looks like she's set up an awesome movie. Uh, and I can't wait to see it play out. All right. That is that is that is surprising. Just because, yeah, you weren't. You, I thought I was higher on the trailer than you were, and now that you're you're back around and it's your number one, it's my it's a big ex- turn. My anxiety for the film is probably what is making me uh, excited for it. Okay, so you have a couple of big omissions. I do have a couple of big omissions. No superhero movies. No superhero movies. Thor. Wait, Justice League and Thor? I, yeah, they did not yeah I noticed then. Thor wasn't, but I thought you said Justice League. I, no. I just talked about it when we were talking. Okay. I, I wrote down the mo- I wrote down movies without any references. Okay. And those movies weren't on there. Okay, that's fair. And I said, all right. I, you know I can see Justice League not being on there. I The only reason I'll it's on it. it was on mine was just it's a big event movie. You know, yeah. it's, I, it's hard to pass up. I'm going to be there Thursday night. Yeah. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to the, enjoy the heck out of Hopefully. it. Hopefully. But because they've been in my mind for two years now three yeah. years now it's, it's kind of been like okay i know those are there okay um but yeah okay cool what do you, do you guys what do you think on your list has the most potential to to bust suck yeah Ooh, good question colin hmm um i i think personally i don't think star wars or blade runner even thor i, don't, I can't see them yeah. sucking i could see Kingsman two going too far into over the top comedies mm-hmm. where it's oh this isn't like what I wanted it to be, but I still don't think it would suck. Sucks a strong word. That's like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it is. That's I mean, like the circle. To be disappointing, I guess. Baywatch stuff. To be disappointing. Um, to be disappointing, I could see you know if Justice League like. Ben Affleck said it's like an interesting combination of two directors' visions. I'm like, that's not a Reagan endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like he's trying to temper expectations. Right. So it's like I could see that one, you know, if it is Snyder's action, but then all of Whedon's dialogue and character. And it doesn't and then, push together. Yeah, then yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like the same thing. Like I could see that working. And then like there's talks of like, oh, well, they reshot the ending completely. So like who knows if that's true or not. Like I could see that being the one that could have the most chance of going to be in oh yeah this was like a potentially you know top 10 top 15 movie of the year to being oh gosh that was that just was because, rough i mean plus just because dc's burned is so much yeah past, it's so. like yeah. you know i thought B- i didn't think bbs gonna be the greatest movie i ever saw but i didn't think it was gonna be i thought it'd be better than it was so same with suicide squad and because i didn't i wasn't excited for batman v yeah Superman, and i know we were I, different I there it, so I, I i enjoyed most of it but there's also you know there's, there's the, definitely a lot there's of the martha that, there's jesse eisenberg yeah, there's the uh the, there's there's so a stupid. lot of there's a lot of problems with it still i mean i think the more i watch it i still like it a little bit more every time because especially now with i've seen wonder woman mm-hmm. it enhances a little bit ben affleck's still great but that's a different conversation yeah. um, i think well for me other than justice league I think the snowman has potential mm-hmm. to possibly disappoint somewhat if they go, if they try to make it too much about a thriller. Like if they don't, I don't know if the director kind of goes away from what he's used to, it could be bad. Um, another one would be murder on the Orient express. Don't get <laughs> yeah, no, but the, uh, yeah, I could pick. see that one going either way. Almost. I think I'm leaning towards more of being like a fun, enjoyable, you know, mm-hmm. mystery. But um, I think that it could, have potential to possibly 
not be as good as we expect it to be. Yeah. If it drifts too close to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or, yeah, or, like, <laughs> it's over. What about, like, what was the last Kenneth Branagh? He did, like, uh, he did Thor. Jack Ryan, didn't <laughs> yeah. he? Did he? I think so. The Shadow Recruit one, which oh, that was not a good Did he really? Movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's what... So he's like a little like I think he's he's a proven director, but I think he's a little iffy there because yeah. he, ha- he does have him some bad ones under his belt. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't think it's necessarily going to be a bad movie, but it has potential to be that. Yeah, yeah, it was Kenneth Branagh. Wow, yeah. that that is yeah, that's it's a, that's very a, outside of what I expect from that man because yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah, it's is it's such a big so part of him. Yeah, burned in my mind. Uh, but Murder on Your Express is. Uh, is sort of like in that vein. Right. Of, Plus, there's always Johnny Depp. Like, yes. right? But he's what the, is he he's, done? he's the one that he's the guy that dies, right? I don't know. I thought that's what it. I thought that's what I, it looks like in the trailers, at least. It like, looks like. And then he, because he's not in like the train, like portion where they're like, "Who, who are you? Who I are you know, guys?" I thought he, I thought that's what that was because at that point, then he's out pretty quick. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel it like could, if it, he's in the movie as like just him attached to a project is kind of yeah lightly cause for concern which is kind of sad to say because johnny depp used to be you know one of the premier yeah. actors so yeah uh okay so let's try to make this list um, yeah this will be much more difficult than when we did two weeks ago yeah. because we, all have we don't stuff. have yeah that much stuff in common i think star wars at one yes yes we all in our top two mm-hmm. um then it comes down Blade Runner or uh, Blade, Thor, probably right. Blade Runner, Thor Blade Thor Runner, so. Blade Runner's the one that's more high up. So, so then, I'd say Blade Runner, it, we all yeah. Blade Runner two. So then, mm-hmm. what do we want to do about Molly's game? That is, I had it in honorable mention. Did you have it? I, I would, I would put it in my honorable mentions, but I want to. I could it live a, with it being number five or number six. Okay, so what about so? Do you want to go Kingsman at three then? Since you didn't have Thor, you had Kingsman in there. Do you have Kingsman in there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we can live with at three. We'll we go. We'll go Kingsman at, at three, Thor at four, and then right. uh, Molly's game at five. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. And we both had Justice League at five. So do you want to put that at six? We can do that. Here we go. Justice League at six. And then I think... Did we all have Mother? Did you have Mother on your did not yeah. have Mother anywhere in there. Mother and then Murder on the Orient Express were the only ones we have. You had a Murder where on two the of Orient us, Express pretty yeah. high, right? Josh yes. had it at three. I was so at we can, seven, right? You had it at eight, eight. I believe. Okay. Yeah, that's so right. Go, Disaster Artist was seven. We can go yeah. Murder on the Orient Express Great. at seven. Um, and then I think the only other one that we have two uh, on were was Mother. Me and Colin both had it on our top ten. All right. So that'll go next. So that's eight. So that leaves two spots with no other commonalities. Well, I'm here to make my case for the papers. I could I could be okay with the papers. I'd be okay with that as well. Tom Hanks and Spielberg. The, pa- right. the papers yep. at nine, Last which was... they had was, what, Bridge of Spies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great movie, so yeah. That was your nine, though. I'm surprised you don't want, like, Super Dark Times or Pitch Perfect or... Well, it's hard to pitch you so guys on a movie you yeah. may not have seen a trailer for. That's so, true. Uh, I am very, I'm okay with that. Um, so then, Colton, it. what do you want to do for ten? I, my I highest. Really like the disaster artist, but I don't think any of you guys had that. No, we don't have any other ones that are similar. What about the the Denzel one? You want to do that one? We can do that. I, yeah. I like that choice. It was a very, it was a really mm-hmm. good pitch. Well, not pitch, but description. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was sold on the movie. During Just, your uh, talk, director of Nightcrawler, Denzel. I think it's yeah. safe bet to mm-hmm. put at ten there. I think I, I think that's solid. Denzel. We close it out with Spielberg and Gilroy. Yeah. 
So, okay, so going from 10 to 1, our top 10 most dissipated of the fall will be Roman Israel-esque at 10, The Papers at 9, Mother at 8, Murder on the Orient Express at 7, Justice League at 6, Molly's Game at 5, Thor 3 at 4, uh, Kingsman the Golden Circle at 3, Blade Runner 2049 at 2, and Star Wars 8, The Last Jedi at number 1. That's our list. I like it. I like it too. That's a pretty good list. If, uh, if that's how it shakes out, I wouldn't be disappointed because, yeah, it seems like, it seems like a solid. I mean, I, there will obviously be surprises and mm-hmm. stuff, but, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll move on to some news real quick to get out of here. Um, don't have that much time because we've we had a lot of movies to talk about, obviously, but uh, quickly wanted to mention uh, some Han Solo shakeups that happened this week. Um, a Funko representative... Uh, may have revealed that Maz Kanata is in the Han Solo movie because when they were talking about the cast, they listed Lupita Nyong'o. So she could be in the movie, uh, which makes sense based on The Force Awakens. They Mm -hmm. obviously have some sort of history together. But if they're getting one cast member, they also have lost one. Uh, Michael K. Williams, according to Deadline, and he has since confirmed this to Vanity Fair and everything else, that he is no longer part of the film due to the lengthy reshoots and his schedule not being accommodating to the current reshoots and the fact that they are basically he'd have to reshoot all the scenes to fit the new tone that Ron Howard is crafting. So just a quick question to pose to both of you guys. Do you think that this is a sign that this is definitely a, that this movie is going to be very, very different than what it was going to be initially? Yes. Because Kay Williams said that he loved what he'd done with Mm -hmm. Lord and Miller and they couldn't use any of it yeah and he even described him as like a half animal half human character which right. like that sounds interesting yeah what's so sad too is we're never going to get to see this version of the han solo movie yep. to see which one we would prefer so yeah yep. so that's uh i think that is a sign that things are definitely changing over there uh hopefully it's for the better we have will again like colin said we will never know whether or not that's true or not but I am glad that we will get to see the origin of why Maz Katana thinks that Chewie is her boyfriend. So right. That is because that was always that, a great line. That could that could be part of it. So, uh, two other things we need to mention before we get out of here. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have that much time to discuss it, but we got the announcement of a Joker origin movie this week. Uh, with Deadline revealing this to be the case, with the Hangover and War Dogs director Todd Phillips co-writing a script that he will then direct. He's co-writing with Eight Miles Scott Silver. For a young Joker origin film that Martin Scorsese is also currently in very early discussions to produce. Uh, film is set side out. The film is set outside of the, DC, the DCEU, oddly enough, and is part of a new banner, a new possible banner at WB that would be basically like Elseworld stories that aren't connected to the DCU. It would have a new actor in the, in the role of the Joker be set in the 80s and be his origin. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of this? Isn't that what Gotham is supposed yes, to be? Yes, it, is, point it is literally Gotham oh, as a movie. I, yeah, I'm not about it. No. But, I mean, I guess don't want to judge it until you see it, but yeah. at the same time, it just doesn't sound like a good idea. You ruin the eth- ethos yeah. of the character as well. The whole point of the Joker is that he's the antithesis to Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman has this classic very mockable origin story joker has none of that yeah and you get why not at least like connect it with the dc <laughs> right you too like that doesn't make sense to me why they wouldn't do that this was my reaction as well and i'm not saying this is going to be a great idea but i'm going to try to spin some positivity out of this if shot. if there is you know problems with the dceu and 
they're trying to figure out ways to differentiate themselves from Marvel and be different than other cinematic universes and franchises. I kind of applaud Warner Brothers for the decision to basically like, screw shared universe. We're just going to make great standalone movies that aren't connected. We can do literally whatever we want. We could tell the Red Sun Superman movie. We could do Batman Beyond. We could do yeah. Flashpoint, Crisis on Infinite Earths. We could do literally any storyline we want to adapt and swap out actors whenever we want because it doesn't matter. There's no continuity. And I kind of like that, but also... I don't get why they would do it now where they're still trying to launch the DCEU because they don't know what they want. Even though (laughs) we would all know, okay, this is different outside the DCEU. Like the average moviegoer, especially with the next story we'll talk about. If they saw, they saw Jared Leto's Joker last year in Suicide Squad. If this Mm -hmm. movie comes out in two years, hypothetically, uh, it doesn't have a release date or anything, but if it did, they saw some 20 year old dude playing a young Joker in the eighties. Like, Oh, but this isn't, that Joker, but then the year after, that same year even maybe, they see Gotham City Sirens or Suicide Squad 2 and Leto's back. Yeah. Then you're like, wait, so was was that a prequel to this character? Is that, and they're like, no, no, it's different. They're like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, there's some people who are confused that Tom, that Andrew Garfield's not Spider-Man anymore. Like, yeah. like there's, and like, why isn't Wolverine part of the Avengers? Like, mm-hmm. there's so many questions, and the, that's what makes it a weird decision from my perspective. Like, if you're going to do these Elseworld stories, do them with characters you're not already using. Cause like if you did like a Martian Manhunter yeah. movie, that's outside of DCEU, you can do it, yeah. whatever, but it doesn't change anything, but it's not going to confuse people anyways. So uh, if I had to try to give a positive spin on it, it's just that in a world where I'm getting kind of sick of every single franchise being a shared universe with spinoffs and prequels and sequels and everything, having a superhero franchise quote unquote that's not actually a franchise and there's no continuity and they can just do hopefully cool unique stories with yeah. potentially the likes of martin scorsese attached mm-hmm. in some capacity i think that's that's pretty cool mm-hmm. if it works this idea too leads me to believe that ben affleck is going to be gone as batman after when uh it could be he could still do the standalone batman movie but i see him definitely leaving sometime i mean if that if there's talk of it already right now it's probably gonna there's probably some truth to that talk so it's probably gonna happen yeah i mean there was there was some interesting quotes from matt reeves that were pulled up this week um but he's clarified kind of saying batman is part of the dceu but he also isn't being that clear about it but so we'll see i mean that's the thing now if if wb does launch this new banner literally any movie they've previously discussed could fall into that banner and be kicked out of the dceu continuity which, I mean, would be super strange move to make. But it sounds like there's going to be a Justice League banner, and there's going to be the everything else. Right, which is which is weird. Yeah, but you know, if you want to have heroes that you can recognize in your tentpole films, and then your quote unquote indie films mm-hmm. or you know spinoff stories. Yeah. Go for broke, because I'm sure star people are going to be like, "That's not Han Solo." When they right. see Alden Einreich, you know, so uh, it could it could be different and interesting, but I just don't know why you have to start with the Joker. Right. Plus, because yeah. because Joker. they're also because they're already using Jared Leto's Joker. Like, what if this new Joker's awesome? Like, what if he's incredible? Then it's like, oh crap, 
Right. How come we don't get this Joker in the U- the DCEU if that continues on? Why do we have to deal with Leto? Let's get this guy instead. Like they're just potentially creating a lot of problems for themselves that I don't understand. But uh, that wasn't the only Joker movie we got either. So uh, <laughs> oddly enough, THR revealed that uh, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa are closing a deal to write and direct a Joker Harley film. This is a separate project from Suicide Squad 2 and Gotham City Sirens, both of which will feature Jared Leto and Margot Robbie back in their respective roles. Uh, Fakara and Requa recently launched This Is Us on NBC last fall, uh, which is like the top new drama mm-hmm. on network television. But they also have done Crazy Stupid Love, Focus, and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> and also some of the writing credits are like the cat, Cats and Dogs. And uh, they, have a, they have a weird track record. And I think it's weird that you're making, if you're WB planning three different movies for Harley Quinn and Joker to star in. Yeah, it's, well, you just said like weird track record, but I see immense talent in so many different areas. Mm -hmm. This Is Us is arguably one of the best dramas on TV Mm -hmm. this century, I I would say. Well, on network television. Yeah, Yeah. How about that? And then you look at, everything else they've done and you could you see talent there so if you give them two characters with incredibly deep backstories uh or you know just bodies of works of writing done for them in the past to work with and spell out the joker harley uh relationship i I don't think you could ask for a better duel right yeah i guess i mean i I just think it's i I just think it's a weird announcement to make where you know, the reports were, oh, God of Science being fast, fast-tracked to capitalize. Well, now we're going to try to do this other one instead, and maybe, and but we're also going to try to put him in Suicide Squad too. Like, how do you... You can't make all three of these movies. Yeah, this is what makes me worried about DC. Just yeah. like things like this. They don't... They can't make their mind up of what they want to do. They and don't like, have a plan in place. Maybe, yeah, like, it, it would be different if they were like, oh, like, they're working on three different drafts to make one movie, and whichever idea and whichever script is the best, that's the movie we'll make. It, that's not the case. They want to make all three of these movies, and that just seems weird, especially when you're not giving like, where's the Green Lantern movie? Where's yeah. where where's Flash? <laughs> Flash has lost like seven directors, and now you're giving Harley Quinn and Leto th- like three movies of their own. Like, come on! Like, I they're obviously doubling down on Batman and his universe, whether or not Affleck sticks around. So, um, it's it is a weird. It was a weird week, to say the least. <laughs> I I. I undeniable that's for sure so uh in a normal week we probably talked about this a lot more but uh we'll get out of here uh right now so you you know we can keep you guys coming back and not do hour and 40 minute episodes or whatever but uh before we sign off josh do you know what we're reviewing next week we're gonna take a look at wind river aren't yeah we? so it's uh it's a new movie starring uh jeremy renner and mm-hmm. uh elizabeth olsen from the writer of sicario yep. and hell or high water i believe i believe it's taylor sheridan yes um yeah he's he's making his directorial debut with this movie um and it looks it looks really good i mean it's finally coming out and it got expanded this past week but we're not reviewing it because of this uh list episode we're doing but Next week, that's what we'll be doing. You looking forward to it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because Elizabeth Olsen is getting ready to break out into everything. Um, this She's got this movie out right now, but then Ingrid Goes West mm-hmm. is another movie she's starring in. That she looks like she's going to kill it in that, too. It's with Aubrey Plaza. Uh, but yeah, though this her and Jeremy Renner look like they're going to kick butt. Um, and it looks like Renner at his best, too. Uh, not 
more Hawkeye, less Aaron Cross, Jason Bourne legacy. <laughs> right. I've, I've heard. I've actually heard this is easily his best work so far. Ooh, like good. even better than Hurt Locker. Ooh. So he's yeah. he's good. He's really good in Hurt Locker. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, the movie the movie was right. Yeah. So I mean, it has it was all the makings for for a great one. Are you looking forward to it, Colin? Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, I'm just upset I didn't get to see it already. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I plan on seeing it probably Monday night. But yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week with a review of Wind River. Getting back to some reviews for the rest of the year until we get some preview episodes for some bigger movies, and then obviously. Uh, the turn of this calendar year, we'll do a recap of 2017 once we see all those Oscar Best Picture nominees and everything. So, uh, so this should be our last list for a while. But I hope you guys enjoyed this and our other ones we've done recently. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, over iTunes, give us a five star for you with comments. And if you do so, whoever's the next one to do it gets a a prize pack of posters. Still trying to give those away. If you guys ever want one, you know, just just it'd be cool. You know, don't have to do it, but we'd appreciate a review. Uh, it just helps us grow. It helps people find us easier. And uh, if you enjoy listening to the show, then maybe other people would too. So it's just a thought to put out there. But that's all we got this week. During time, we'll be sure to tell your thoughts. Everything covered by us at Friends of Film. We'll receive updates on the podcast, movie news, and more. You can find Percy on Twitter at Coops underscore Hoops. You can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. Check me out at Believe in Blue. 88. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's all we got this week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Fun podcast. Josh. Thanks for dropping in, everyone. And be sure to tune in next week for a review of Wind River. <laughs>